In today's episode of the Sixers Beat, Rich and I talk about the Sixers heading down to Orlando and entering the NBA's bubble campus. Uh, we talk about Joel Embiid and Shake Milton's comments about the concerns about going into the bubble. We discuss how Shake Milton will fit offensively, both when he's playing alongside of Embiid and Simmons, and also when he's asked to run the offense himself. And then finish off with some stray thoughts as the Sixers get ready to start playing basketball again. One quick note, we did record this podcast before the news came out that Ryan Brokoff's wife had contracted coronavirus, and that is why he did not travel with the team to Orlando. We wanted to provide that update here at the beginning and also to send our best wishes to the Brokoff family for a speedy recovery. With that out of the way, enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome everybody. This is Derek Bodner, joined by Rich Hoffman on the Sixers Beat, a part of the Athletics Podcast Network. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing pretty good, man. And you know why? We what? haven't had a lot of dumb NBA Twitter type of fun. <laughs> we haven't had any fun, really, in 2020. I mean, it's just been all bad news. But watching some of these NBA players in their own version of really rich summer camp, it's been fun watching uh, watching them have stupid fun. I, I needed that smile, and that's been a that's been a fun surprise at the end of this week. When you talked about NBA Twitter fun, I thought you were going in a different direction, and that could have no, been interesting no, no. too. But you didn't, and this is this is fine. Um, but yeah, I remember when the Sixers signed Ryan Brokoff. Even though we were only talking about the seventeenth man. It was still like, hey, this is exciting. This is like a normal NBA thing to talk about. And, you know, for a brief moment, a very brief moment, I was almost tricked into thinking that the world was normal again. Uh, and I guess that's sort of the power that sports can have. And hopefully in a couple of weeks, we will get more of that back soon. Yeah, and, and having NBA players roasting their food, which... In many cases, I would eat in five seconds and also would stay in those hotels in five seconds. But uh, even that was, uh, I don't know, man, it just, it, it felt normal. And, and to have that sense of normalcy for even a little bit, as we're still uh, a few weeks away from actual NBA basketball, it was nice. Um, so I guess we'll just start off with sort of like the news roundup. Ryan broke off. He did not make the trip to Orlando for personal reasons. We do not know if he will join the team at a later date. So he and Zaire will not be on the team, or are not currently with them. Zaire, obviously, with the Bone Brews, will not be with them at all. Uh, so the Sixers are now back down to 15, even though you're supposed to get that bump up to 17. Uh, we had everyone else went through. You know, they are now down in Orlando. They made the trip. They got through. They got cleared. Um, they had a practice today. Uh, we are recording this. On Friday. So Saturday, you dummy. Oh, well, yes. Since it will come out Saturday, we will say we're recording it on Saturday. Fair point. Fair point. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I'm not letting you get away with this. It is Saturday. Unbelievable. I can't wait to hear see you figure this out. Oh, my God. It's Saturday. Unbelievable. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> I thought you were fucking with me. Um, so I am not <laughs> fucking with you. We we might have to next podcast play like the who he play for, like the what day it is with you. 
You oh. so confidently said it was Friday, and that's uh, that's a result of four months of nothing happening for the most part. But Friday, Saturday, they're, they're all the same. They're all the same. Um, yes, but you're you are right. I looked it up on my computer. I could confirmed it. I can confirm that report. Uh, it is Saturday. So, <laughs> what was I talking about? I don't even remember. You were talking um, about they, the team they, down to right. fifteen. They traveled there on on Friday. They are now confirmed they had a practice. Uh, so that is good. A couple of players weren't necessarily all that gung-ho about going. Most notably, and, and, and really the only two that have, have spoken out about it, Joel Embiid and Shake Milton. They have sort of objected for different reasons. Joel isn't necessarily confident that it will be safe. Shake feels like it could take some of the focus off of the Black Lives Matter movement. So I guess we'll start off with Joel, and I have a clip here to play for him. I'm not going to try to guess which day of the week he said this on, but it was during one of our Zoom. Thank God. <laughs> it was during one of our Zoom conference calls. All I want to be is, you know, stay healthy and, you know, stay safe. Uh, keep the people around me safe. Uh, you know, I want to make sure I'm able to leave for a long time and not have any sort of, I don't know, consequences in the future. I'm not a big fan of the idea, but then again, you know, I'm going to do my job. I'm not going to let the city down. Uh, you know, I'm going to go and present uh, my city. That's what I've always done. Uh, my family and my teammates. Uh, so just got to um, – the, the mindset doesn't change. I mean, it doesn't matter the fact that I don't like that idea and I still don't believe in it and I don't think it's going to be safe enough because I know – I'm gonna do the right things. I know. I don't. I don't ever do anything. I only play video games. I'm always home. I don't do anything. But then again, I don't trust those other guys uh, to do the same. So, uh, but like I said, I gotta do my job. Thank you. All right. So, I guess going off of that, and he he, he sort of clarified it. A little bit later, uh, or at least spoke a little more about it. Of, of some guys like to go out, some guys like to, you know, party and all, all this stuff. And all he wants to do is play video games, which he said in that that sort of segment. He should have that on the back of his jersey. If Adam Silver allows them to be a little more open ended, it should just say, "I only play video games" on the back <laughs> of his jersey because he said that maybe five times the other day, yeah. emphasizing, "I'm not getting the virus." Because I only play video games. Okay, go ahead. What was funny is then Shake Milton was asked, like, do you agree with Joel? And he goes, well, I didn't hear what Joel said, but all he does is play video games. Yeah, yeah. So I think he'll Unprompted, be he even said it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, unbelievable. It was pretty good. Um, and they weren't, they weren't like necessarily right after each other. I, I don't think that was coordinated is what I'm trying to say. So I guess, you know, obviously there's been some debate and Kendrick Perkins may be the most vocal Ugh. about that. Just a terrible take, but. Do you buy what he's saying? Are you okay with what he's saying and the concerns that he is expressing? Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with both of them, or what both of them are saying. But, uh, and it's funny, I think uh, after hearing both of them speak, I can see the championship beer book already. You know, it starts with, we didn't really want to play, but we did play and we played well. I do think it was funny that he boarded the plane looking like Walter White <laughs> yeah. in the hazmat suit. Which I, I do wonder, like, First of all, I do think he's being cautious. Like, I do think he is taking the coronavirus seriously. 
but you know, Joel being sort of like the joke jokester, did he play it up a little bit for the cameras? He very well could have. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's legitimately afraid, but I think he also saw the comedic value in him doing that as well, for sure. When you talk about the health risks, because like he said, all he does is sit in his room and play video games. And just watching how a lot of these players have worked out on social media, looking at the different areas of the country, I think you can make an argument that for a lot of these players, let's say somebody in Texas who is going through open runs, like uh, I, I'm trying to think of the players I follow on Instagram, Robert Covington, one of them. I, I think you could argue that if, if he's doing that in Texas, and that's not to uh, to call out Cov either because there's so many different players like him. I think you can argue that for those players, the Orlando bubble is unquestionably going to be safer than, than what they were just doing in their own personal lives. And part of it is just where you're living. And then Embiid in Philadelphia, where it's not as bad, it's not great either, but not as bad as other parts of the country right now. Just working out by you know himself and Drew Hanlon and kind of a restricted environment and also playing video games. He uh, he did get his license. I remember he tweeted too. But you know, like maybe the the rare excursion here and there. I, I understand why he would be a little bit afraid of uh, playing because if that's the type of lifestyle you have, then yeah, that probably is safer than playing in Orlando. The uh, I thought it was very interesting that he called out the rest of the players saying, yep. I don't trust them to stay on the campus. I really hope the NBA says, Hey, like th- th- there's a zero tolerance policy on this. Like if you leave great, like nobody's going to make you, but if you come back, you have to wait like a week or 10 days, whatever it is. Um, So yeah, I-, I completely buy what he was saying. I also real quick, what frustrates me about what Perkins said and I, I mean, I can't lie. I tweeted about him. I think there should be a ton of ex players who give you a better perspective. Like that, there are a ton of ex players who actually see the big picture better than him. Like, and you know, maybe he'll improve. I I don't necessarily want to see the guy get fired. I just want to see him do better. Uh, is that the the stuff that? Uh, and this is completely selfish from our standpoint. And Bede will use that as an excuse to skip future media sessions. He'll be like, I'm better off not talking because I'm going to get called out on first take and all this bullshit. And he's not right in doing that, but man, I can see how it gets frustrating. Because, like I said, he uh, I think his concerns are valid. If it was all about health, they wouldn't be playing. But there are other factors. It seemed like in the Matisse video, he did at least have a little bit of a sense of humor about it when he got down to uh, Orlando and hopefully it's a, it's a safe environment and everybody uh, follows the rules. Yeah. I I will say to the point of, you know, like people are probably safer in the bubble than they were, were they previously, at least in the, in, in, you know, like when they were outside of the bubble in the last four months, you had control over how you interacted with people. Like you had control over your environment here in, in Orlando to Joel's point, you're sort of at the mercy of everybody else being responsible as well. Like you can't avoid people on the basketball court. So if you're responsible, the bubble isn't necessarily safer 
than where you were before. But but to be fair, like you can be pretty responsible and and be at the mercy of somebody in a grocery store or something like that. Like, well, I mean, Joel could have like he, he didn't necessarily have to go shopping for himself. No, like, I mean, well, he is <laughs> he has different ways to work around right. it that the normal person might right. not have to. So I'm like, it, it, I I see both. Like, I can see both arguments. You know, I think if you're going to ask me, um, you know, I think by and large the NBA is, 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 is taking this very seriously and doing a pretty good job, but there is just a certain inherent risk that you can't like when people are bumping into each other and yelling at each other for, you know, two and a half hours a night, like it, it's, there's, it's, there's some risks that are unavoidable. And, you know, Joel later on in the interview said, you know, what are we doing this for money? Like I've got more important things. I've got my family and my health, and I, I want to live a life without complications. And I think all of those are fair. Yeah. And, you know, I was on the radio the day after he said that. Basically, it was asked of, of, to me, do, do you think athletes should be expressing that? And it's like, yeah. Like, I, what I want and what I would want as a fan is I would want authenticity from our athletes, not just to, for them to say what you want to hear. And, you know, I think some people hear that and they say, well, he's not committed. No, he's just concerned about the health risks. And I like that he expressed it. I like that he voiced it. You know, he's still going down there and he's competing and he's playing for the city and for the team and for his teammates. But if he has, if he has concerns, I think, first of all, he's right in expressing it. And that's quite frankly, as a fan, what I would want. I want, I want authenticity from the athletes. And I think he expressed that in a way that is, um, you know, thoughtful and, and fair. Yeah. And uh, I think the the other bad point that Perkins made, by all means, Embiid has been working his ass off to be in shape and play down there. It's, you're allowed to have both feelings at once. You're allowed to be motivated to try and win a championship, which he also said, maybe not in that quote, but later in that media session, that, hey, this is my time. I really want to win a championship or or be close or be competitive. And that's uh, that's true, but also be worried about the health risk. Hopefully, look, it's all about, to me, the Disney World employees and how they're able to keep them away from the players because you would think like once they get in the bubble, the players themselves, like, you know, after a week or so, they're not going to get it Like if they, if they don't bring it in. So that's uh, that's part of the worry. But uh, yeah, it's, it, was, it was an interesting Embiid media session. He started out pretty grumpy. Got his feelings out, and then by the end of it, I think he was in a better mood. But yeah, it, it's uh, I appreciated it that he was honest about how his feel his feelings and how he's a little bit conflicted. It's not a it's not a situation where you have to be gung ho and a hundred percent either way. Did you? Uh, you can be dedicated to playing once you get there and still be concerned about the pandemic that is raging in that part of the country. Like those are not mutually exclusive at all. And shame on Kendrick Perkins for suggesting that they are. Did you see in Joel Embiid, he liked a, a post that it was a, the, the tweet was people forget how good prime Kendrick Perkins was. And then it was like a two minute blooper reel of Kendrick Perkins um, making bad play <laughs> after bad play. Like Joel Embiid liked this on Instagram right after Perk said that. And that is, you know, Joel's his Twitter activity isn't as prolific as it used to be. But he's on there. He's, he's, he's still searching. Got it. He's still got it. Yes, he does. He is All a right. big. He is a big thing. Uh, speaking of Perkins, by the way, he loves roasting other big guys who weren't as good as him too. And Perkins obviously has that crazy blooper reel. He was he was an okay player for a while there, but uh, just yeah, please, please, Kendrick, just be be a little smarter moving forward. Yeah. 
Um, I don't think that's going to happen. That, I don't that either. Is... <laughs> but look, it's a it's a forgiving time in this country. I hope <laughs> I'm willing to give him a second chance. But he uh, he has not impressed me as an analyst so far. I think that's fair. We can say and they that. they keep rewarding it too. So why would he change? All right, let's pause for one break to hear from Manscaped. Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening, the sun is shining, and the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shave. This third-generation trimmer features skin-safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. You can also adjust settings to get the length you like, and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. Subscribe to the perfect package and get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value add, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. And now back to the show. Let's move on to Shake. And again, here is a clip from Shake. The question, I believe, from Dave Uram of WIP. Shake, uh, Joel is just talking about um, his concerns with safety going down to Orlando. What do you think about the protocol that's being set up, the campus environment, and playing basketball again with the virus still out there? Um, I don't think we, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't really think, I don't think that we should be playing, but I think the NBA is doing all that they can to make the environment safe as possible. So, um, my teammates want to play, so we're going to go down there and try to get a win. I, I didn't, I don't know exactly what Joel said, but, um, I mean, I mean, I know Joel, he's probably not going to be doing much for playing video games anyway, so. Well, just just to follow up quickly on on something that you just said, you just said that you don't really think that you guys should be playing. Is is that because the virus is still out there and it hasn't been contained with a vaccine, or, or just the spread hasn't slowed down enough? What what are your concerns in regards to the virus itself? Uh, well, I think that, and then also I feel like there's a lot of other stuff going on. I feel like um, there's issues going on right now in the world that are way bigger than a sport, way bigger than the game of basketball. And I feel like, you know, we're on the cusp of finally having people tune in and, and really try to listen and try to understand more about the things that are happening in our country. And I feel like, you know, the moment is too big right now. And I don't want the game of basketball to, you know, overshadow it. All right. So, I mean, this one is, look, I don't know whether or not them being down there will give them a bigger platform whether or not they could have done more good by not playing. I don't, it, you know, it, a lot of it would have depend on what they would have done with that time off. You know, I do think the NBA has a chance here to make a statement and to get those voices out there and to promote that. But I have absolutely no problem again with him having that concern and, and having that belief. 
It's one where I I, I totally agree with the sentiment. Like, how can you not? He's coming from a a good place. But I don't know. I think the more I hear that line of thinking and I've listened to people talk about this, I do question a little bit how much thought is being put into like the consequences and the, uh, the realities of what happens when you sit out, like what does the NBA sitting out change? Like, I don't think Congress is going to push through a great police reform bill because the NBA sat out, you know, and I, I think there is a platform where they can hopefully amplify these issues. Like, I totally agree with Mike Scott saying that they should be able to do more with the jerseys and hopefully they're able to do other things to uh, to push the issues of police brutality, racial inequality for the African-American community and racial equality, hopefully moving forward. Um, but, but I, I do think like if you sit out, like, like what gets accomplished in these next few months? And then do you say in December, or January, okay, we're ready to play. And right. then the owners say, Oh, hold, hold your horses, fellas. Let's, uh, let's negotiate all those concessions you have to give us. So I, I do think like from, from him and from some of the other players, while I, I do agree in many ways with what he's saying, I think there is probably just like a little bit of over overrating what the NBA's impact in American life and like what their, I don't want to say leverage, but like what their impact on the rest of society is like. Uh, so ho- hopefully they're able to do more of those things. But I, I do think ultimately playing uh, is the right call in this uh, on this specific issue. Yeah, I mean... I think there's a little bit of basketball just doesn't feel as important right now. And I totally get that. Totally. I completely get that. And I think part of it is just uneasiness that, you know, we sit here in sort of the, in the midst of what feels like it could be a historic moment, a historic movement in a push for equality. And a cause that impacts so many people in the NBA universe and is so important to so many in the NBA, I would understand some hesitation in heading into a bubble that you possibly can't leave you know, for a couple of months and how that would feel limiting uh, during 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 a crucial time like this. So now it's up to the NBA to make sure that they help amplify the voices of their players and make sure that their perspectives and their beliefs are heard and understood. And that's going to require more than just words on the back of jerseys. Um, so I would understand how players are hesitant to head into the bubble during this time. And hopefully the NBA is able to give them the resources that they need. You know, I think the NBA will. I think they're committed to doing that. But, you know, look, like I said, I, I understand the hesitation. I really do. Yeah. And I think whatever does happen moving forward, the NBA will have a small impact on it and hopefully they can move it right. forward. But I, but I do think like you, what ultimately happens like moving forward can can happen while the NBA is also playing. One other thing I would say, too, was shake like one of the I would call it like the sp- Somewhat superficial criticisms of Kyrie Irving was, oh man, look at all the money he's made. It's easier for uh, for him to say that. Yeah, Shake's not. Shake not like, like should be playing. Like obviously he's he's got a few more years to but uh, b- before he can cash in in free agency if he keeps playing this well. But he he basically has a chance to cement himself as like not just NBA rotation player but good NBA rotation player if what we saw before the pandemic hit was not a huge fluke. Obviously the three point shooting is a fluke, but 
just the the overall level of efficient play. Uh, if that continues on, like he'll be able to cement himself moving forward and set set himself up. You can't uh, you can't say like he's being selfish because he's sitting out or he's already made all this money. So no, no, there's no doubt that Sheikh believes believes in in the cause and believes in what he's saying. Um, no doubt about that. And look, they you know obviously we saw the Toronto Raptors team bus painting the side of the buses. Uh, you heard if you haven't seen uh, Matisse Thibel's, uh, you know, sort of like like documentary. He made a, a video about his first day in Orlando. Part of that, he was on the phone with uh, Tobias talking about, you know, they have to do something to match Toronto with the team bus. So they will find a way as a team to get their message out. The NBA has various ways which they are trying to get the message out. And, um, you know, we'll see where that goes from there. I, I would agree that the names on the back of the jerseys, they could probably do a little bit more, give the players a little bit more individuality and in what they can say, but we'll see. We'll see it. We'll see exactly how this ends up taking form. I think there's going to be more that comes out both with the Sixers specifically and also with the NBA as a whole. I hope it's more than the names on the jerseys and I expect it to be. Yeah. Well, weren't they also going to put something on the court as well? Um, I yeah. forget exactly what the rundown is, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's pause for one more break, this time to hear from Roman. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Describe your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel any time. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash Sixers for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Sixers for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. And now back to the podcast. All right, where do we want to go from here? Tobias? I think think it was like you said earlier, we didn't really get to hear him talk about him being at the protests, his thoughts on just everything that has happened in the country over the past few months. We did hear Mike Scott a few days ago say that he's been on the phone every day with Tobias talking about that. And I think Glenn Robinson, even before, said that Tobias has been the guy who, whether it has to do with the the social issues or just team bonding and keeping everybody engaged, he's been the one in the group text who's been doing that. I uh, I think the and Tobias was asked about that earlier today, Saturday, by the way, just to let you know. <laughs> um, and Tobias said it, it was interesting when he brought it up. He was like, "Yeah, if, if we're being honest, I think our chemistry this season wasn't that great." And I wonder a little bit about that. Like I'm thinking back to the uh, podcast we did with JJ Redick and how he said, "Look." There's only a couple of Steph Currys and, and Tim Duncans that come around every couple decades. And I'm paraphrasing here, but Embiid was, he brought up, he was like, yeah, I'm a more quiet leader at one point during his uh, 
his Zoom session with the media this week. I guess what what, what do you think about Tobias coming out and saying like, yeah, our chemistry wasn't great, and I think uh, I had to take the lead on this one. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, this is part of where you wonder with how much change they've had over the past three years, um, basically changing out 40% of the starting lineup and most of the bench each year has impacted that. Um, you wonder how much this is your two superstars are young and you know, what are they 23 and 25? I'm probably way off because I can't even remember what day of the week it is, but <laughs> young superstars, um, both in years and in service time. And then also superstars who are sort of quiet by nature. And that includes Joel, who's a little bit of an introvert when he's not in front of a camera or in front of his his phone on Twitter. He's just playing video games. Yeah, he's just playing video games. Um, you wonder how much all of that sort of combines. It is interesting. You know, I do think Tobias sort of has a little bit of that in him. I think Josh Richardson has a little bit of that in him. And Josh has spoken at times where he, you know, didn't feel, he felt like he was just coming into a situation. He was a new guy and, and maybe took a little bit more of a backseat. But I think you lost a little bit in J.J. Redick, who wasn't exactly the loud type either, but a little more of a lead-by-example type. But, yeah, I mean, it is like a lot of the moves that were made and decisions that were made last summer were in part, not completely, obviously talking about Jimmy Butler here, but in part because of clubhouse and team chemistry. And for Tobias to come out here and say that, not only did they get a worse fit, but if they're not all that close, like yeah. something's got to change. <laughs> it's It's been funny. Yeah, it's like the other three starters are the ones who have to pick up the culture. And you're right that Richardson said, eh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes because I'm in a new situation. But, you know, by New Year's Eve and the, the eighth terrible road loss of the season, maybe it was the 10th, I don't even know. He he didn't mind saying, you know, we're not playing hard enough. Heat culture, heat culture, you know, like let's let's start beating the shit out of people. And yeah, it, it, Toby is kind of the more day-to-day organizer, which he clearly believes is an important role. I think that fits him well. He's a more outgoing type. And then Horford, I bet you he was brought in to be the the sage veteran and it's it's a bit weird that those roles aren't filled by the two-star players and I think it goes to show that if the the on-court fit is not all there, as much as people talk about, wow, what a great culture this team has, it's it's a tough thing to build. And it's like, it's it's not independent of what happens on the court. I think Brett Brown is a coach who, over the years, tries really hard to uh, bring his team together in different ways. You kind of saw it when, when he talked about how, like, we're not talking about basketball right now. It's 1%, hey, uh, make sure you're in shape. 99%, what are you thinking about all of the things going on in the world? Is, you know, his team breakfast, his different trips when, when they're uh, on the road. But it, it's not something that you can snap your fingers and, and get. And I, I guess I would question a little bit how much, uh, how much like culture and, and a better fit among the players was involved in making those moves this summer. And if that's something that can be changed in, uh, in Orlando, I mean, there, there's a chance everybody's culture gets better in Orlando. They're basically at summer camp. Maybe it gets worse. I don't know. But, uh, Joel is now 26. I looked it up there, 23 and 26, but to my credit, Joel was 25. The last time they played a basketball game, 
Joel turned uh, 26 on March 16th, which was amazingly, again, after the last time they played basketball, but still 117 days ago. So whew, they have not played basketball in 122 days, and we're about to pick it up. Yeah. Anything else? I think, uh, you, you know who's been, honestly, the real success of the season? Furkan Korkmaz. <laughs> that guy is a delight. To talk to. <laughs> are you talking about on his um on his Zoom call or are you talking about on the Matisse video? I'm talking about everything. Okay. And and what I'm not talking about is the on court stuff. He gets on the Zoom call and somebody asks, What have you been up to? And he's just volunteering. Oh, I'm watching all these documentaries, all the, reading all these books. He's dressing with swag to the airplane. He's giving Matisse shit on the plane, going to Orlando, busting his balls. I can't emphasize what a delight he's been. And it's not just the three-pointer that he made in Portland or those huge explosions that he had against Memphis and Chicago. You're clearly seeing a 22-year-old who I think, uh, you know, he's a young kid. He's in a country where he, he always spoke decent English, but I'm sure there was a learning curve there. And, and a guy who has now developed an NBA role just – Come out of his shell, and he's been a he's been a delight. I cannot wait for our next Zoom call with Furk. <laughs> it is it is these Zoom calls are so weird. And spoiler alert: Rich and I will not be in Orlando. Uh, it was very restrictive to try to get in there; very expensive. We will be covering these games from our home. Which, on one hand, I think we're fairly prepared to do. Yeah, this is what I did for the first four years of my basketball writing career, for sure. For sure. You can do video um, posts and stat stuff from your home. But yes. I do hope, I mean, I hope the world gets back to normal first so we can have this conversation. But I, I really hope that they're not going to restrict access in the future even more. Oh, for sure. This has to be a, a temporary thing. And what does that mean exactly? I don't know because I don't know what the world's going to look like in December when they um, allegedly want to try to kick off. Although I don't think that's like finalized in any way. I don't know how it would be. I'm actually really worried about what happens in December if um, we don't have a vaccine because I don't see this necessarily being under control. And you can do a bubble for eight games of regular season. You cannot do a bubble for 82 games of regular season. So I'm a little worried about the 2020-2021 season. Uh, we don't need to get into that now in July. But yeah, I have no idea when I will see a human being that I'm covering in basketball again. I don't know when I'll see you again. It's been um, It's been four months. Not necessarily for long months in that regard. In every other regard in, in you know, you. the universe. It, <laughs> whoa, whoa. We don't need that kind of language. Um but no, it's it's been, you know, we it's it's very strange. You know, the the only thing that really changed for me this week was the background of our Zoom calls are a little bit different. Other than that, it doesn't feel like the Sixers actually left for Orlando yet. Um, but we will we will make do. We will make do. Um I guess real quick, some things that we wrote, uh, you had the, um, one thought for each player for all six. Did you actually include a Ryan Brokoff thought? I did. He was easier to include because he's new, but yeah, yeah the, uh, I, I did go rapid fire and, and it was good because they were all next to each other in the alphabet. Neto, O'Quinn, Shayok, and Pell. They, they did not get deep thoughts, but the rest of them got at least a few paragraphs using their quotes and 
just some different statistical things. So yeah, check that out on The Athletic. And I had a thing up on Shake Milton being the X Factor, and not that that means he is the most, you know, the, the most talented player, the best player, even the focal point, but like he's the one where he could be a real variable. Where if what we saw in February and March, I had to think for a second and make sure those were the right months because I'm not on top of my game right now. But whether what we saw in February and March, if that is legit, then he could really plug some holes in this roster that we have spent way too much time over the past year talking about. And if that's not legit, then I there's really no path to the Sixers reaching the expectations that a lot of people had laid out for him. I think the one thing that, when I was writing that piece, one thing I thought was most interesting was how consistent his catch-and-shoot jumpers were. Oh, yeah. That's been cir- circulating on Reddit and Twitter. And I think I think I, like, Levin called it the new American flag. <laughs> Th- those were, I, I mean, remarkably consistent numbers. I always knew they were good. But, like, so, like, a, a lot of times, if you look, there's sort of, like, a counter-argument to Shake being in the starting lineup of, well, he's he hasn't played well next to Embiid and Simmons. And part of the reason is because he just hasn't been making shots. Like, he's shooting 30% from three. And the, I think, 223 minutes that he shared the court with Simmons. Well, that's like, I think he shot like 12 for 40. Like, that's a really small sample size. And so I went back and I looked at all his catch and shoot jumpers over the years. 45.5% his freshman year at SMU. 44.7, are the, the five years. And, and the 2018-19 season was the, with the Bluecoats. I use that so you can get a, a larger sample. And then the last one, a 46-3 with the Sixers. So I have a lot of confidence he will make shots off the ball. And if he can do that, which, again, I'm very confident he can do that, and he can also give you a little bit of secondary creation and passable defense, that is just something the Sixers don't really have. And the fact that he was able to, you know, I think I talk about this a lot, where that starting lineup, that hypothetical starting lineup, hasn't played a minute together all season. And he's only played like 200 minutes with Simmons, and I think only like a little over 100 with both Simmons and Embiid. And that's a very low amount. And you would like to see those three specifically together more so you can figure out what works, what doesn't, what fits, what doesn't, how you have to adjust. Absolutely, you'd love to see that more. But by the same token, if during that last stretch, during those final nine games, if Embiid and Simmons don't go down, Shake probably never gets that opportunity, not this year, to have that kind of a featured role on a good team. Like there's just... Too high of expectations, too many, too much talent around him for them to give him the ball and be like, hey, you go have a 26% usage rate. Like you just don't do that for a 23-year-old. And again, I'm I'm putting myself out on a limb here because I'm not on top of my game. I think he's 23. A 23-year-old who was just the 54th pick in the draft two years ago, like that doesesn't happen on contenders much. So the fact that Embiid and Simmons were out, they did have these injuries, you put Shake in there, he showed you more and gave you more confidence in him. So maybe now, when he when your, the rest of your talent comes back, he can have a little bit of a bigger role. And uh, what does that mean? I don't entirely know. I mean, he was on a hot streak at the end of the season that is completely unsustainable. But I think he showed that he is a legitimate NBA player, a legitimate rotation player, and he does have a skill set that the Sixers very desperately need. So there will be... Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see what he looks like with, uh, with Embiid and Simmons. And these, I think these, you know, these first eight games lineups are not going to be anywhere near normal. Like they're going to come in, they're going to, you know, everyone's going to be sort of on a, not maybe not a minutes restriction, but they're going to be mindful of minutes. 
You're not going to see your starters playing heavy minutes right off the bat. They're going to sort of work them into normal minutes as the games go on. So I think you'll get a chance to see a lot from Shake here during the, this eight-game stretch. I'm, I'm interested. And by the way, we're, we're only a little over two weeks away now. We're, get, we're, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. It's the summer of Shake. Yes. Yes, it is. Also, right. uh, everybody, watch the Matisse vlogs. Th- those have a chance to be pretty good. Yes, for sure. You can find him on YouTube, on his Instagram. Um, go to his Twitter. He will link to both of them. I think that's probably about all I have. Yeah, I got nothing else. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Rich, for jumping on, and we will talk to you soon. See you, man.